Welcome to Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the podcast where we dredge up old fanfiction and expose it to the cold, harsh light of 2019. My name is Amato, and with me are... Dory. And Dom. Temporarily. Oh. Am I going somewhere? Uh, I think you are. We're shipping you off. Oh, no. (laughs) You should have told me. I could have packed something. Um... Yeah, I know it must come as a shock, but you're, you're going to be out of this podcast for three weeks as punishment for what you did last time. Yes. I'm, again, I'm so sorry. I don't know how any of those animals got loose. So many cats. Uh, so many cats. I... And those cattails. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Seriously, though, you will be away for a few weeks. Yes. Do you want to speak about that, or is it a secret? Um, I'm going on a European vacation for a few weeks. Europe. Yes. What has Europe produced that we've talked about the fan fiction of? Um, Harry, Harry Potter. Harry Potter, yes. I, I mean, it depends I am, on whether you ask the Brits or not, whether they're Europe. Uh, well, as of <laughs> kind of in our frightening uh, turn of events, we'll, we'll still see. <laughs> they have not made up their minds yet. <laughs> yes. But I, I will stop by the um, gift shop at uh, St. Pancreas Station at Platform 9 and 3 quarters. Mm-hmm. Oh, do they have a Harry Potter gift shop there? Oh, you, you bet your shiny ass, yes. Of course they do. <laughs> Bring me a... Let's see, what's cool from Harry Potter? Uh, the candies? Dragon. A dragon. Bring right. me a dragon. There you go. Okay, I'll try to fit it in the overhead. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Wait, it can fly. Well, n- not if it's an, an egg. Oh, you want a full-grown dragon. No, I'd be happy to raise one from an egg. Um, Wait, wait, dragon eggs, aren't they literally contraband in Harry Potter? (laughs) What about actual dragons, like just a baby dragon? Is that still contraband? Oh, a baby dragon. Exotic animal smuggling? This is probably no good. Probably, yeah. This is like a THC, CBD sort of (laughs) argument. (laughs) What if you put it in a magic suitcase? Is it still contraband? What if you... Yes, but you can also fit more in... And also, I think that's the plot of the first uh, uh, Fantastic Beast movie. <laughs> that is my understanding. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Europe gets a pass because it has a Harry Potter connection. I guess you can go there. Well, also, we haven't yet done any uh, fanfics about Asterix or Obelix yet. Yeah. I, I should look into that. <laughs> That'd be fun. Have we done anything that's actually French? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we threatened to do an Arsene Lupin. Oh, yeah. yeah someday, that would be French. Someday we will do Arsene Lupin versus Sherlock Holmes, and that is genuinely French. Mm. Like, mm. legit French. <laughs> so a lot of things that are American and Japanese, mm. I think, exclusively. As someone who just made the tags a few weeks ago, that is true. Mm. Yes, American live action, Japanese anime, and movies. <laughs> Those are the tags so far. Speaking of mm. something that had a American live action movie... And a Japanese anime, but we only talk about one of those things. Our topic today is Dragon Ball Z, more or less. Did anyone actually see Dragon Ball Evolution? No, but spoiler alert, I think I might have preferred watching that than reading this fanfic. <laughs> Was that the live action the American, American live one? Action, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I really wanted to. Like, I, I wanted to out of like the, the sheer like what I assume would be hilariousness of the situation. But I ended up seeing previews and not being able to bring myself to do it. I, think, I just couldn't. I think it was not as hilarious as anyone would have hoped. Yeah. I think it was just 
I can Not see that. well done. I had a similar feeling to the uh, Avatar The Last Airbender movie. I've seen the previews beforehand. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> I ended up watching that, like... I went to my friend's house for a party, and he was like, so we're going to watch The Last Airbender movie with the riff track. <laughs> and it was the most... Like, even with a riff track, it was just too painful, right? Because it's one thing when you see a bad B movie, you know, and people are making fun of it. It's another one, it's a bad movie made from something that you love. Right. It's like and if people someone, are making fun of it. Like, if someone made a bad movie about you or something, you had to sit and watch it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and also, like, the blatant racism. The, how they changed, like, everybody to white in the villains to have darker skin it was just so ridiculous hashtag race bending yeah. wow this, yeah. yeah this sounds like really like the worst parts of the last airbender movie mm-hmm. in terms of like just being terrible and terribly done and also racist yeah combined with the worst parts of the super mario brothers movie in terms of just not having anything to do with the source material yeah they were named mario yeah both of them yeah yeah <laughs> mario mario and luigi mario of course yeah that's probably God, the best thing my, about the movie. I love that movie, though. <laughs> John Leguizamo in that movie, I still have such a crush on him. <laughs> Yo, I mean, he was, when I was like, a, a little kid. attractive you know? Luigi. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was like, wow, Luigi's kind of cute. Huh. I mostly remember him from uh, Moulin Rouge. Yeah, Moulin Rouge came after that. Yeah. But yeah, I liked him in Moulin Rouge, too. Well, He's great. Also, um, isn't he in... Um, to Wong Fu. Haven't seen it. Oh, it's a movie about three drag queens slash trans women. I don't know. It's unclear. They're drag queens, but they kind of conflate the idea. They show up in this small town Mm -hmm. and like everybody, they're like, we're just three ladies. And then the town grows to like love and accept them. And then, you know, at the end, there's the whole thing where it's like, yeah, we knew all along that you guys weren't like cis ladies, but it's Patrick Swayze, John Leguizamo, and Wesley Snipes as the drag queens slash probably trans women. How do you spell that? And is that on Netflix? So, God, this movie is classic. I can't believe you've seen it. So it's like, it's called Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. So it's like... That's, that's the title? That's yeah, like, that's the title. It's like three titles. It's two titles. It's So it's T-O... Mm-hmm. And then... Oh, Tu Wong. Tu Wong Fu. The name is Wong, W-O-N-G, Fu, F-U. So that's Tu Wong space Fu. (laughs) And it's... The title's based on this picture that Julie Newbar signed. She was Catwoman. Um, It all ties together. She's an actress who's Catwoman. Yeah, I know. It just surprised me that I (laughs) just realized that. Um, Signed and put up in this club, and it was signed Tu Wong Fu, thanks to everything Julie Newbar. And then... I don't remember why that was the seed of the movie. I probably have to watch it again myself, but it is a really great movie. I put it into Netflix. It is apparently not in it, but it has suggested instead uh, Queer Eye, The Birdcage, Legally Blonde, and Hairspray. (laughs) (laughs) All related. But no, that movie is definitely worth finding if you can. So in conclusion, have a good trip after this, Dom. (laughs) Oh, thank you. And... In your absence, Tori is in charge of the technical stuff. Yeah, I'm doing my best. I'm, I'm doing it right now. Right. Um, so if this recording is not as quality as previous recordings, you can definitely blame me. I won't be offended. It is my first time recording talking and not, <laughs> like, guitars and stuff. So Not like weird instrumental tr- tracks all put to the same track and then <laughs> fixed together. Like, 
a series of different dogs barking that forms a melody. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you'll do perfectly acceptably, Tori. And I, as always, am the talent. <laughs> <laughs> You're the talent. No one has ever debated that motto. <laughs> I didn't say anyone had. (laughs) (laughs) Now, painful as this will end up being to some or all of us, I'd like to introduce the fanfic for today. Mm. It is Dragon Ball Super Z. Not Dragon Ball Super, not Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super Z, the fanfiction. It is by Juhachigo and Mirai Bulma. It is largely about Juhachigo and B- Midai Bulma, but we'll get to that. Oh. And it was published, it, it, it's just like um, the Care Bears fanfic being by Phoenix Audubon. Mm-hmm. And just like it was my youth being about Tachikawa Mimi. <laughs> anyway, I was looking on my phone while you were trying to set up the, uh, the equipment and trying to figure out when this was published and the closest I could get is that it was definitely published in the 90s sometime. You know, that decade. The 90s. The 90s. Well, Some or all of the 90s. When did... Um, actually, we don't really have a lot of evidence that this person watched Dragon Ball Z. I think we can make that assumption. It, no. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I wasn't done with my sentence. Um, whether we watched... They watched... Um, these people watched, mm-hmm. rather, Dragon Ball Z um, subbed or as it came out on Toonami. Because they point. do use the Japanese names. True. Though they also use a lot of fan Japanese, which we will get to. Mm-hmm. So they were aware of the Japanese names, which makes me think it's possible that it was earlier than when it came out on Toonami and they had like gotten a hold of it somehow. It's also possible that they'd gotten a hold of the Japanese version somehow later on or had been part of a fan community on the internet, which they obviously were since they were writing fan fiction. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I didn't think about that. Apparently, Dragon Ball Z aired on Toonami, but like, like you said, it doesn't really matter. Um, 98 onward in Sounds the US? Sounds right, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it would make sense to me if this was from the late 90s, because that's when it would have been more popular, but we really don't know. Uh, now... Dragon Ball Super Z is a long-running fanfic series. It is another one of these... It was fairly well-known, at least for some time, in the Dragon Ball Z fandom. It's another one of these franchises where there is fanfiction for the fanfiction out there. Hmm. Uh, the link that I gave you is to just the first episode. That link is bit.ly slash rfr super z. It's like supers. Yeah, I keep on wanting to think supers. Supers. <laughs> uh, but the fanfiction.net posting that I linked you to, which was posted later only has, like, the first six episodes. And there's more of that. More than that, I should say. If you want to get into it. Which we probably don't, because I know this was a painful read to us for probably different reasons among us. Would we like to jump into it? Um, I read this. I forgot the plot entirely. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I didn't. But I've got to say, just going into this, where I was coming from is... We almost read the DBZ fanfic, The Last Warrior, Mm -hmm. which is a uh, future Trunks, future continuity continuation. And I decided not to do it because, like, we just weren't up for the content in that. Like, but this is also a future Trunks, future continuation. And so reading through it, what was going through my mind a lot of the time was this is not as well written as The Last Warrior was. (laughs) I mean, you know, the author of The Last Warrior went on to win, like, multiple Hugos and Nebulas, so we can't all be that kind of uh, 
author nurturing their talent. Sure. But even so, I was just like, oh, this was kind of done better in that other fanfic. Oh, this was also kind of done better in that other fanfic mm. a lot of the time. But, Tori, you already mentioned what I think caused Dom the most pain here. <laughs> oh, yeah, the fan Japanese. It's, fan it's on Japanese. a different level in this one. It <laughs> is. It's like Super Saiyan fan Japanese. You used to complain about just, like, people using honorifics in the occasional, like, arigato, or, like... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, do, the, do we want to get into this now, or do we want to talk about it then? Uh, there's no point in the fanfic to talk about it, because it's through the entire fanfic. This so is, I feel like we may as well just get it off our okay. chests right now, before we talk about the content. This one is a little bit different than previous fan Japanese, because... Previous fan Japanese was just uh, a title or a word here or there. Mm-hmm. This one, they re- replace entire sentences with a Japanese sentence. I'm not sure why. Well, I, I actually have an idea why, but um, <laughs> the effect is very jarring. And as someone who like, knows a little bit of Japanese and English, it was hard to kind of code switch back and forth. Yeah. A couple times I was like, why are they yelling shine? Right. Oh, no, that's shine. Fuck. <laughs> Yeah, shine. And like even in my head when I was reading the Japanese have written here, I I read it in my head in an American accent. <laughs> yeah, because that's all. I feel like that's the only way you could read it. Almost. I had a earlier time with this because there were several different words or phrases I had to look up, and this is like you know I don't speak Japanese, but I know a lot of people who do, and I grew up. I like I grew up, and I still continue to watch a lot of subtitled Japanese cartoons, Japanese movies. So there are words and phrases that I know. Like, you know, I know Kasan means mom and Otosan's dad. And like, I know a ton of different phrases. They still included ones that like were not even in the, like, I would say that I probably do know the average fan Japanese, yeah. quote unquote. Yeah, but, but they included words that were not within that. It was very difficult to read. Yeah. And it was very clunky. I think the intention was... This read to me like somebody who's watched a lot of fan subs. Mm-hmm. And so the effect of reading a fan sub to someone who's interested in learning Japanese is that they'll see the, the subtitle and they'll hear it and they'll get that sort of um, uh, automatic association between the sounds and the phrase. Mm-hmm. So they'll have that phrase locked in. So it's supposed to be the uh, feeling of reading, uh, of like re- watching a fan sub, reading the subtitles, and then when they... S- when they say something that you recognize, you stop looking at the subtitles and just start watching the action and think of it as the Japanese phrase. That makes sense. So they ask, so they're kind of assuming your concentration would waver back and forth as, as theirs does. Or that these Japanese phrases, like having Trunks say, Doshitano, like you're going to hear Trunks' voice actor saying that. Yeah. And, but it's, it's really strange. I've never seen anything quite like it to have the author saying, having them say like, Nande yo, when they could be saying like, that in English. Yeah, it doesn't serve any purpose in the story. Um, using a character using a foreign language as it is in a story is kind of useful as like a tone setter or to remind you about this character's history or past or um, inclination. Like, I mean, sometimes in real life, I, I say different words in different languages because I'm bored of saying goodbye or goodnight at the same time, same way every time. <laughs> I think a lot of people do that. Yeah. Yeah. But. When it's in a work of fiction, it's supposed to draw attention to it, and it's supposed to seem special, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it's not. <laughs> it's just, yeah. 
I mean, I, I love it, but it's just a language, you know? It doesn't, it's not magic. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of, like, what I was going to say is it seems really weird and, like, inconsistent to you, because, like, Trunks will refer to Bulma as his mother, but then, like, addressing her, he'll say, Kasan. Yeah. So you don't understand why in his head it's different than what he speaks or, like, why it would be different at certain times rather than others. It just reminds you that this is a cartoon that came out of Japan, and technically, if we look at the source material, they're all speaking Japanese all the time. Mm -hmm. So if they're speaking Japanese, we're reading it in translation no matter what. So why are we translating certain words and phrases rather than others. It just, there's no way in which that makes sense to me. Yeah, it strains the, it strains the uh, suspension of disbelief. I agree, yeah. yeah. Well, I wanted to address that straight off because it really jumps out at you. Okay. The first time you have them being like, Jinzo Ningen, Jinzo Ningen, and you're like, uh, that one up. but okay, but let's talk about what the fanfic's actually about a little bit. It's about Android 18. It's about Android 18 and Jinzo Ningen. Jinzo Ningen Ju Hachigo. Hachigo, yeah. I, I'm going to call her 18. Yeah, but, yeah the, the entire, um, I think, English-speaking DBZ community just calls them androids in Android yeah. 18. Yeah. yeah. Now, you know, Jean, Android is not accurate because they're cyborgs. Jinzo mm -hmm. Ningen is not, also not particularly accurate because they're cyborgs. Mm -hmm. Like, Jinzo Ningen is literally artificial human. Yeah. yeah. Like, artificially constructed human. But So, so they're like both just as good as a... But no, but an android <laughs> is a robot that looks like a human. Yeah. Oh, I guess. Oh, you're opposed, right. That's a good point. As opposed to, like, someone who you crammed, like, some weaponry and bombs into. Got you. Yeah. Sort of like how, you know, like, the, um... Well, they call them replicants in the movie Blade Runner. Yeah. Aren't they called androids in a... Do an yeah, do androids dream of electric sheep? Yeah, yeah, they're called androids. But sort of how, you know, that's an artificial human made yeah, of flesh that's a, components. That's I get that. Replicant versus Robocop. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so, it's Trunks' future, future, future Trunks' future so, that he went back to. I don't think we've mentioned, but I, I really don't have any familiar with DBZ. Oh, yeah, I forgot I, we've never actually talked about DBZ. Let's I, talk about that. <laughs> I'm familiar with a lot of it just through second and third-hand information mm -hmm. because, like, I haven't watched any of it, but a lot of my friends have watched a lot of it, and a lot of the content creators that I follow watch it and talk about the settings and problems at ad nauseum. <laughs> so I have, like, a passive, like, an academic, academic idea of what the universe and storylines are <laughs> aren't you caught up on dbz abridged no actually oh, you're not okay i was gonna say that's pretty much all you need to know is that fun <laughs> <laughs> dbz abridged is pretty fun okay yeah it is but tori you watched a lot of dragon ball right oh yeah i was super into dragon ball z i didn't watch a lot of dragon ball for a while and then i watched it you know after i watched all of dragon ball z that came out on toonami and um i got all the way up to like the start of dragon ball gt didn't really get as into that but I was really pretty into it. Like, I have a lot of, like, fan art I did of Dragon Ball Z and stuff when I was a kid. Of course, I was quite young, you know, like, 10, 11. Um, but, yeah, I really liked it. Uh, what There was one thing I was going to say, because I think we've talked about Dragon Ball Z a little bit before on this. I don't think we? we ever actually have. I think we oh, intended okay. to, but never actually did. Yeah. So what did you want to say? Gotcha. So the... We read that one Dragon Ball Z fanfic, right? That we had recording issues with. We did with, recording yes. issues, okay. Yeah, I think Microsoft ate that one. It yeah, did. that's what I thought. Yeah. I was just trying to recall. Yeah, I was into it. Uh, another thing... I oh, know, actually, I totally forgot. There was one more other thing I wanted to bring up, but I've forgotten it now, so... 
There you go. Cool. Well, that's a great link into the content of the story because uh, 18 has amnesia in this story. (laughs) So continuity-wise, this is the the darkest timeline, right? It is the darkest timeline, except that Trunks went back in the past, got super strong, came back, and beat up the darkest timeline. But this isn't the main timeline. It's not the main timeline. This is the timeline where Android 17 and 18 killed most of the world. Mm -hmm. It's just that then, after future Trunks goes back in time, realizes that all that does is create new timelines. Realizes that the Dragon Balls were inside him all along? Yes. Wait, no. That sounds bad. <laughs> Actually, it was really funny today. One of the kids at the after-school program where I work was like, Tori, come here. I was like, yeah? He was like, do you know who Trunks is? And I was Ooh. like, you made from Dragon Ball Z? And he was like, yeah. I have this, like trunks pegs dispenser that's like super rare and he was just like telling me all about it i thought it was really ironic though because this kid's like eight or something and you just don't expect kids nowadays to know this stuff and it was also so topical too kids these days they don't know their dragon ball it reminded me though (laughs) that's actually not true kids these days definitely know their dragon ball. they definitely know it yeah it reminded me of, like, how... Yeah, it was surprising to me, though. It reminded me of how much I used to think Trunks was, like, so cool because he comes from the future with a sword. He's oh, got yeah. purple hair. and they, He's got that 90s haircut <laughs> that we all used to think was, like, super cute on guys where it's just, like, almost like the a bowl mop cut? top. Yeah, it's like a bowl cut, but with, like, a slight part. Toriyama really tries to sell how badass and cool Trunks is where, he like, yeah, he comes yeah. back from the future and cuts Frieza in half with a sword. Mm-hmm. Right. And... I think, to his credit, after that, Trunks ends up just as out of his league as everybody else and kind of, like, only being carried... You know, he's the one who, like, gets scared shitless at things like Cell, and everyone else is just like, no, we'll train and beat him up. And he's like, okay. But he was a pretty boy with a very dark past. Right. Oh, okay. Like, a teenage boy who was pretty in a dark past, carried a sword. No one else carried a sword. Because also, because why would they need to carry a sword? Um, however, he does because I guess it's cool. It's cool. Because yeah. everything you could do with a fist, you could do slightly better with a sword. I don't think that's true considering the like energy weapons they can use and the way they literally use their fists to slice through people as if they were using swords. But can she channel that through a sword also? I think that's what Trunks does or something. Not really, because he never really like does that much. Like, doesn't he kind of not use the sword I think much? he loses the sword pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, like, it doesn't actually ever really matter that much. Anyway, as a, like, 11 or 12-year-old, I obviously was obsessed with that character. Yeah. So, sort of like a Shadow the Hedgehog character. <laughs> so it's the bad timeline, but after he goes back in time and then goes back forward in time, he's super sane he just kills the an- evil androids that have been, like, ruining everything, and it's happy, I guess. Okay. Except that... You know, with this fanfic picking up, it's still like, oh, most of the world is dead. And, like, all the action in the fanfic, almost all of it, takes place around this one city where Capsule Core is based. I forget what that even is. Because the, the cities don't matter in Dragon Ball. It doesn't matter at all. But this is, like, the place on the planet that is doing the best because they have a comic book super genius living right there, which is Bulma. Right. And, you know, Bulma as a comic book super genius, is just, you know, really good at science <laughs> and technology and making things. Yeah. They'll, they'll science it so good. Yeah. Volma science is it great. And so, like, this city's in pretty decent shape, but... Hope City. Hope City. Oh, okay. Well, that's probably not canon, like, originally. Probably not. No, um, they have much better naming schemes in Dragon Ball than that. <laughs> yeah. If by better we mean just kind of, like, silly, which is what we mean. 
Yes. yes. <laughs> Can I just say, though, that I love Capsule Corp because their whole concept, Capsule Corp, uh, is a Capsule Corp corporation, right? Their whole concept is they make, like, giant things, but inside of tiny little pill-shaped capsules. Yeah, little Pokeballs. They never explain how this works, but... Uh, Tori, science. science. It's just science, science. right? Science. science. But what a great thing. They're just like, we make large objects small. That's just what we do. Yeah. Like, that's our job. We are the Capsule Corporation. I mean, what else is Self-Co going to do when there's no Pokemon in the world? <laughs> oh, I smell a crossover here. <laughs> we never learn who's really behind Self-Co, do we? No. It's probably the underwear family. I mean, we, we have that uh, mm-hmm. that president that gives you the Master Ball, but we all know that's just a figurehead. Right. <laughs> He's not the one inventing stuff. No, no. Uh, what was I saying? So the world's kind of shitty. Mm-hmm. And, you know. We, we just meet Trunks and Bulma. Trunks is future Trunks. Bulma is future Bulma, which is to say still pretty much Bulma. Still pretty cool. Right. Yep. And, and so Android 18 comes back having no memory of anything. Yeah, Android 18 kind of like staggers in. What, how she ends up right there at the Capsule Core headquarters where, where Bulma lives, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah, it's weird because there's um, we find out later only 60,000 people left on the planet. Yeah. And they all seem to be like... Bulma lives close to a community, but also kind of out in the woods. Close to the largest community, but yeah, yeah, also like by herself. And so this is... With trunks, but yeah. This is Android 18, who staggers in, and she's amnesiac. Now, at first to me, it was unclear whether this was actually supposed to be this timeline's Android 18. I assumed it wasn't. That'd be the more interesting story. Absolutely, because this this timeline's Android 18 got pretty blown up, if I recall correctly. Yes. But, uh, no, it is, and she has amnesia. It's going to come, and you know, at first, Bulma freaks out. She's all like, Jinzo Ningen! Jinzo Ningen! Like you do. Uh, don't, don't, don't read the bad Japanese. I don't make it more real than it is. <laughs> uh, but that word gets used so often, by the way. Oh, a lot. It's Which also kind of leads me to, to believe that they watched this before the um, Toonami dub. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that might be a safe assumption. Though, you know... How they would have been aware of it is kind of interesting. I have a lot of questions. Yeah, I mean, there have got to been fan subs. Oh, yeah, props. Keep sharing the tapes, all that kind of stuff. Well, I, like, I was reading Naruto translations before the manga got translated, before the anime got made in Japan. <laughs> so like, it's possible to catch wind on something. Yeah. I guess, yeah. It just surprises me that, like, things that... I, I don't know, that it would be, be the thing that someone chose to bring here versus the thing that, like people chose to find and make popular in, like, very insular communities. I guess that's just the trend of whether it would be popular or not. I don't know anything about it. The only yeah. thing that seems like it would have been really difficult about bringing DBZ, to the or Dragon Ball in general, to the U.S. before it came here officially is just that there's so many freaking episodes that, like, that would have been a huge project for any fan subber back in the 90s distributing on VHS. Like, you know, what is it, usually four episodes per VHS? Oh, like three, maybe, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Whatever you could get. Like those damn Power Rangers tapes. Like <laughs> yeah, except cheaper. <laughs> the Green with Evil tapes were one episode each. It was criminal. I, I lusted after them at like the supermarket, but I was like, I cannot buy this. It is like $30 and it's one episode of five. <laughs> and you know that they can fit like four to six hours of video on one tape. Oh, if they you know it to. literally. Because yeah, because literally you do right. that with your VHS. Well, with, with, a blank, with a blank tape, you get like a six-hour tape. Yeah, yeah <laughs> usually, yeah. You could just put the whole Green with Evil saga on one VHS and I would have bought it. It's your fault, yeah. Bondi. 
you had to on the first like ten episodes of Pokemon, you had to like break your back carrying the whole thing. <laughs> oh my god! And then if you think about how fragile tape is, like if you leave like a tape out in the sun, or if it gets the wrong way in the tape player and just gets unwound and tangled and everything, everything is destroyed. Or if you do everything. something like outrageous, like watch it more than like yeah. once, it degrades heavily in quality. I know. But who would do something so horrible to a tape like that? <laughs> <laughs> That's why you just buy it and never play it and keep it flawlessly on your shelf and admire it. That's why you gotta buy three copies. <laughs> a used copy, a display copy, and a storage copy. <laughs> right. Uh, so Android 18 and Boba. Android 18 seems very emotionally fragile at this point. She's like, why are you so scared of me? Have I done something to hurt you? I, I don't remember. And like even sheds a few tears and he's like, okay, I'll, I'll go, I'll go. And... Again, there's really no explanation about why she's here specifically. So I don't really know much about Android 18. Mm-hmm. Is that even in character for an amnesiac Android 18? No. Not at not. all. Actually, no. that was something I wanted to bring up about this character. Is like She is very like sweet and sad throughout yeah. this. And there is a version of Android 18 that is good in yeah. the normal and, continuity. And I love her. Yeah. Yeah. But, if she has like no emotions, she's just cold. Like Well she's she's cool and, and sardonic is yes, her personality. And she's yeah, more sardonic. Yeah. I wouldn't say she has no emotions, but she does not have a lot of facial expression and she just Yeah, she's not vulnerable hardly ever. Because I, I like, kind of assumed that this caricature was based off of the um good version of Android 18 from the main timeline. Not really. I mean she she's not above showing emotion during times of great stress, but like it's not really in character for her the way she is here. No, she's she's very apologetic for everything she's done. And I will say that I guess technically in this timeline she has caused more devastation. Absolutely. Than she she basically destroyed the entire human race. But Android 18 in, you know, the other timeline that we're more familiar with totally did a lot of horrible things and killed a lot of people. And she doesn't get as remorseful, like, ever explicitly. I Even with, like, good, you know, Z Fighter, Android 18 in the main timeline, I one thing I like about her is that she seems to me the kind of person who, like, if she was in that, uh, what do you call it, the train problem, where, like, if you can redirect the, the oh, train... The, the minecart problem, whatever it is? Yeah, the, like, the, the minecart problem, the train problem. It is a train, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a train. If she was at the train switch, and, like, the train was rooted to run over someone she cared about, mm-hmm. like, you know, Krillin or her daughter or even some of her friends and there was the switch there and she could reroute it to hit 50 other people she didn't care about, I don't think even good Android 18 would be spending <laughs> much time debating the merits there. She would just hit the switch. No, and be yeah. Like, yeah, that sucks. Totally. She would just... Sorry, 50 dead people. Yeah, she'd just take care of the people she takes care of. Right. Her morality is actually pretty cut and dry. She's very much like, I don't know, an egoist, right? Like, she's just... Or like, uh, she just thinks like, the things that are important to me matter to me, mm-hmm. and other people, not so much. But this Android 18 is different, and definitely a lot more sympathetic, I think. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, but less fun. Uh, main continuity, Dom, mm-hmm. Mr. Satan wins the Budokai Tenkaichi for, like, many years in a row. Which video game is that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's the big tournament, Okay. because he engineers it so that he goes up against 18 in the finals and then just bribes her to throw the match. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and 18 has no problem with this oh, whatsoever. Oh, zero problem. It sounds like she's, a good way to make some money. She's way into it. <laughs> she's just very practical. Like, I don't right. think she has a huge sense. You know, 
it's hilarious because I said she's more like an egoist, but I know that's not right because it also seems like she doesn't have a huge sense of like. She doesn't need praise. Yeah. No, no, no. She's just maybe she has the greatest sense of self because she just not does not care about what other people think. I would take that deal. <laughs> It'd be extra money, and it would keep me out of the the limelight. Yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> it's totally practical. I think everything she does is very practical. In the Android 18 that we do know of, this Android 18 is, yeah, different, as we said. So Bulma takes pity on her and is like, no, wait, 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 say, actually, she's like, Mateo, but I'll, for Dom's sake, I'll stop it. <laughs> no, for my you, sake as well, please. I mean, um, if you do, you just have to get some sort of eye replacement because I'm going to roll them out of my head. <laughs> of this. You're wincing visibly every time I do that, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Bulma's like, oh, okay, she's amnesic. Uh, am- amnesic. Amnesiac. Amnesi. She's splashed. She's got she amnesia. Has amnesia. She has comic book amnesia. I-, I got it. And so when Trunks comes home, she's like, okay, Trunks, we've got a visitor in the other room. Promise me you won't freak out. And Trunks freaks out. And of course, she killed <laughs> his father and, like, Oh, she killed his mentor, she killed uh, his friends, she killed a whole Uh, lot of people. Like 90% of the continent, apparently. Right. (laughs) She she cut off, yeah, she cut off Trunks' mentor's arm and then later killed him, you know, like, a lot of things. Right. She killed, like, they said less than 1% of the population was left alive, but 60,000 versus, like, what is their population? Like, it was like 6 billion at the time. Now, let's be fair. Mm-hmm. Like, probably 18 only killed about half those people. Right, because right. there, there's more so... than one right. More than one robot, right? Yeah, 17 and 18. Yeah. What happened to the other 16? Uh, they were they were not they didn't work successful out. models. Oh. Okay. In, in original Dragon Ball, Goku meets the original Android Wait. 11, and like he's a sweetie and he's actually a robot. Um, <laughs> Did uh, 19 I think, I think ever do any of this? 19 dies. Dies in this timeline, no, too? No, I don't or? think... 19 and 20 aren't even in this timeline. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I, I thought it might have been like that high school prank where you release three pigs into the high school and number them one, two, and five. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great, but it's cleverer than Dr. Garrow was. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Trunks freaks out and he's like, it's a Jinzo... Okay, it's an android. It's an android, and, like, we gotta kill it. We gotta kill it, because it's evil. And eventually... What Bulma has to do is just pull literally mommy rank. I think that's what she said. She's like, you are, you are not killing our house guests. Stop it. And in this extremely hostile environment, 18 still seems to think this is like the most reasonable place for her to stay. So she lives with them for a while. And, you know, gradually, like, they Trunks gets a little bit less angry. There's a couple of confrontations where she's like, I literally don't remember any of this. I feel terrible about the fact that I apparently killed freaking everybody. Wait, but the main thing is that she's free from Dr. How do you say his Garrow? name? Garrow's programming. Frog? That made her hate everyone. So she now, Jim? somehow, for some reason that we don't understand, is just like, I'm a normal person. I don't remember what happened. And I just don't want to hurt people. It's worth mentioning, by the way, that the explanation as to how she's alive is just that she regenerated, that she and Seventeen were built like Cell to regenerate. That doesn't really hold up. No, it doesn't. Because for one thing, canon is that their ordinary humans turn into cyborgs. But Correct. I don't think they really get into that. Like, I'm not sure that was explicitly clear. It's word of God, but I'm not well, sure it's, like, said directly, is it? I'm sorry, that they were ordinary humans... Turned into cyborgs. It's said explicitly in the fanfic. No, no, in the fanfic they were, like, created... No, in the fanfic, it says they were ordinary humans captured by Dr. Garo and, like, transformed. Then how do they regenerate? Well, they're, they're, I don't know. They are siblings, right? 
Yeah. I thought they were literally human siblings. Yeah, they, they were human siblings. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, I misread it. But then also, like, the reason Cell regenerates is because he was built out of some piccolo, among other things. Like, that's Correct. the point. Yeah, it, it's unclear why or how they regenerate, which I don't think holds true to the source material, but it it's been doesn't. a long time, so... Well, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Uh, the point is, obviously, there's like the usual back and forth you'd expect from a story like this, and Trunks is kind of a little jerk about it most of the time, but mm-hmm. she saves Bulma's life from like something heavy falling on her when they're out scavenging for materials at one point. And that's the point at which it starts to thaw. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, this is still like in the first half of the fanfic. Obviously, it turns into, like, a romance when, you know, she has a breakdown about, like, what if I remember being a horribly evil person? It's pretty much just, like, um, Steven Universe, right? Uh, no. No. But Steven Universe is like Dragon Ball, kind of. <laughs> She's like, what, what if I my old personality kicks back in and I want to kill everybody again? And then, actually, then later on, she does get her old memories back. She's just like, I did terrible, terrible things, and he gets to comfort her. And that's all... That's all yeah, well, in that scene where Trunks, where she just first, like, actually confesses that she's so terrified of remembering this and, like, somehow turning evil again mm-hmm. and doing those things again, that's the turning point for him where he starts to be okay with her. Before, it was, like, everything in his power not to kill her and only out of respect for his mother. But you're right that there is some burgeoning romance, and it, and it made me ask the question, where is Krillin? Dead. Does not appear in this at all. He's but dead. there are other dead people who appear in this. Oh, so I would we'll, like we'll, to, we'll get to we'll that get, because we're gonna it made me crack up. <laughs> yes. yes. We're going to get to that. So, anyway. Is there anything else we want to say about that Trunks 18 kind of early relationship progression? It's pretty straightforward. There wasn't much to it, really. Hmm. Yeah. That's kind of how I felt, too. And, but then the real plot kicks in, like about halfway through. You know, the, the more Dragon Ball-y plot. Which is, 18 realizes that the stuff that Bulma's been having them scavenge is stuff for uh, growing people. Like... For a back-to-tank? In, in a tank. Yeah, that kind of thing. Not quite a back-to-tank, but... <laughs> like, uh, she's gathering human growth hormone and something there, else. There's, there's some like, pseudoscience about what would yeah. be involved in incubating beings in tubes like, but yes like 10 pieces of scrap metal some high high-end leather some uh, cloth you have to get from a tailor <laughs> <laughs> and um android 18 figures out what she's up to yeah and they go talk to her about it and it's not like a oh she's up to something sinister it's just like uh she didn't want to tell you about it i guess <laughs> hey ma are you trying to grow people <laughs> and she's like yeah i guess i couldn't hide it yeah, I guess I am. <laughs> and so she takes him into the basement where she's got four tanks. And, like, there's beings in the tanks with energy fields around them. And it is the bodies of Piccolo, Gohan, Goku, and Vegeta. Yeah. And da-da-da. Who have all died in this darkest timeline. Right. Yeah. They, they have all died, and they're, they all can't be brought back by the Dragon Balls because you can't do that a second time. Is that right? Yeah. yeah if you've already wished yeah. someone back to life once, you can't do it again. You have to wait for right. the global cooldown to go past, and then, then you can use that spell again? Well, the I, global cooldown is just for use of the Dragon Balls at all. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, I think there is a waiting period specified, too, on whether you can wish someone back to life, but it's like 100 years or something. Yeah. Um, they mentioned I, it in the fanfic. It was like a year or something. Oh, right. It was a and, year. And they were running out of time. Oh, um, for being able... Wait. To bring someone back from the dead? 
I guess so. No, you, they, they'd all been dead for a lot longer than that. You can't... The Dragon Balls... I think it's that... No, you know, I probably shouldn't say if I don't fully know. I feel like it was that you couldn't make a wish... The same person can't make a wish within a year. They can't be wished upon it within a year, but... Mm, well, there's something about wishing yeah. them back to life it's as half, well. It's half-priced on Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Well, the, I don't remember the point is, There are rules. The point is, the Dragon Balls can't wish them back from the dead like that. But... She's hoping that, like, if she grows their bodies, then she can wish their souls back into these artificially cloned bodies. And so, obviously, the first question is, like, how did you clone them? Where did you get the material? And Trunks figures it out. From Cell, Trunks whispered. He was created using samples of all of them. Krillin, Piccolo, Yamcha, Tenshinhan, Goku, Tosan. Gero spent years collecting those. And, yeah. so, like, and so, like, Bulma raided Gero's lab to get the tissue samples. Uh. But, but wait a minute! She's growing four of those people. What about Krillin, Yamcha, and Tenshinhan? <laughs> I just realized that, didn't it just say Yamcha? Yes. Yeah. They literally, like, they literally said to, Yamcha, but they're according not. According to Trunks. Now, okay, backing up. In, in canon, I don't think Cell actually did use Yamcha, Tenshinhan, or Krillin DNA. Well, what would you get from the DNA? <laughs> hold up, hold up. It was, but if Cell had absorbed those people, she's not getting it from Cell. She got the oh, tissue from, samples from Gero's lab. Okay, from the lab and, where Cell was created. Yes, and, okay. and Cell did include some Frieza and/or King Cold, but not those three. Yeah, I, in canon. But in this fanfic, <laughs> Trunks just said, and, and like it's never addressed. It's not even like, oh yeah, those samples were damaged. Sorry, Krillin. It's just like she was like, eh, who cares. That is crazy, yeah, because she's literally <laughs> only growing the bodies of... Of the powerful ones. Piccolo, Goku, Gohan, and Vegeta. Right. And, and Yamcha, right? No. Nope. Everybody loves nope. Yamcha, right? They nope. literally... Nope. He's like, I don't want to talk to my ex. I'm not going to bring him back to life. <laughs> I literally didn't realize that they'd ever even mentioned Krillin or Yamcha or... Um, who are the other two? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's, that's what... Yeah. That's what... Bulma's saying too. I think She's like, who yeah. are those other people again? I think it's oh, Yamcha okay. 1, Yamcha 2, Krillin 1, Krillin 2. <laughs> I feel really bad because I really like the other two. It's just names are hard. Tenshinhan? It doesn't yeah. sound right. <laughs> <laughs> can't just make up names in Mata. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that, that made me laugh. That it's just, oh no, I'm sorry. She does say that. I just didn't read it. Oh, that's much less funny. Oh. When she didn't get it from the lab, when you killed Cell in our time, I took samples from him. The purely human components didn't survive. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. Oh, the purely ah. human. Oh, so that's their explanation. You know what? I really appreciate that. It was I very hard that. to um, catch that when you're reading through some yeah, information. I, I, it just didn't stick in my mind. But that, that but is they, a nice way to get only the characters you want back. Right. <laughs> yeah, but the author does offer an explanation, so at least there's that. Mm -hmm. Right. There's an explanation. But why wouldn't she clone um, Frieza? A huge plot hole. Or Cell. That's an important character, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Very strong. Probably want him back. Well, you could probably, like, like recreate Cell, give him amnesia, and have him fall in love with Trunks. Yeah, that scans. Yeah, I now, mean, as much as anything else in this fanfic, yeah. <laughs> isn't there also, before this point, before she's cloning these people, it's mentioned that the reason she was doing the cloning is that she wants to start to regrow the human race also, right? Um, so that's the weird part is it's like, it's mentioned that she wants to start to regrow the human race, but where are her human DNA samples to do that? Uh, yeah, that's not even though like the first, I don't know. I think she's just starting with this small scale, oh, okay. having more help around, I guess. I just 
It felt like, maybe I'm not remembering correctly, but it felt like when she was first approached by an Android 18 about you're trying to grow people, she says, I'm trying to, like, regrow the human race. Right. But maybe that was some form of deception. I'm not sure. Eventually, when she comes clean to Trunks, she says, I'm trying to regrow your daddy. And <laughs> the, your friend Gohan and Some other Goku. people. Yeah. Now, hardly have they had this conversation when the piccolo body like breaks out of the tank mm -hmm. and i'm like yeah, oh man are they going to like be mindless evil versions that they have to fight because that'd be kind of cool no no they also they get possessed by different evil spirits yeah something like that that'd be like, cool yeah because yeah, it's like he smashes through the tank his fist comes through he's yeah. busting out you're like what but, and but it, it said piccolo's just like oh hey what's up i'm, <laughs> I, I'm piccolo it's actually kind of funny. I, 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 I'm very poor tank but. etiquette. <laughs> yeah. Sorry for the broken glass. Don't well, step there. I'll sweep up. He, he, he's like, I need to kill that android. And they're like, no, don't. He's like, oh, okay. Oh, right. This happens <laughs> over and over and over again. Where folks see Android 18 and they want to destroy her for totally reasonable reasons. Mm -hmm. And then there's a lot of fights between Android 18 and somebody else until somebody can finally stop them from fighting and say, um... She's good now. Very American comic book superhero crossover, right? Like, they just have to fight first. <laughs> Wait, who are you? <laughs> you know, it was funny the first time, but it just keeps happening. Now, the reason Piccolo is suddenly alive is, uh, his explanation is that my race regenerates, mm -hmm. and our souls just go back into our body as soon as the body is, like, capable of doing that. Which implies that the soul can leave the body and then return... I found that a little interesting because, like, normally it's like he grows back an arm, right? Right. You it's know, the soul doesn't usually leave the body when you regenerate. No, no that right? arm soul goes back to that arm, yeah. Now, when, when, Strange. when a Namekian sneezes, however, the soul <laughs> does leave the body for a moment. <laughs> it just gets regenerated really quickly. <laughs> right, which is why Namekians don't have to cover their mouth when they sneeze. Mm. Ah, because it's just their soul escaping, not And the germs. soul just comes right back. The body's <laughs> yeah. in good shape. Okay. I mean, that begs the question, though, if you if they don't cover their mouth, can their soul jump into your body? Um, yeah. Something, something like you, Whoopi Goldberg Captain and Ginyu. And I don't know. <laughs> something Ginyu Force? Right. Okay. <laughs> anyway. There was a joke made to be made there at some point. No, I got um, it. It was Whoopi Goldberg and Ghost. And, okay, so... Piccolo's like, oh yeah, there's not gonna be any Dragon Balls because Dende doesn't know how to make them. Um, he doesn't, and Dende's the current god of Earth. Hmm. Why Piccolo can't make them now? I don't know because Piccolo does have that skill. Wait, since he fused with did, he, did this Piccolo fuse with Kami? Okay, whatever, whatever. I don't care. Oh, the good point question. is, the point is that even though they're not probably gonna be able to use the Dragon Balls for this. Mm -hmm. um, Dende still seems to have a plan um, about it. By the way, at one point someone says, like, in, for Dende's sake, because he's Kami-sama of Earth now. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, not great. And people know this? This is a fact? Um, these characters know this. Have they started their own church yet? <laughs> <laughs> the thing about being god of Earth is that, like, no one cares <laughs> on Earth. <laughs> on Earth, nobody cares. Right. You think they would care the most? <laughs> it seems pretty much more like a kind of, I don't know, backwater posting. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like a Queen of England sort of figurehead position. Yeah. I mean, I guess someone's got to be God. Yeah. Mm. Okay. 
So, uh, what's what's going on? Piccolo, Piccolo hangs out, being mm-hmm. Piccolo, and there's also some afterlife shenanigans, aren't there? Yeah, it's it's not even hardly shenanigans. shenanigans yeah. It's a little bit of dialogue. Yeah, uh, being like, hey, Piccolo got to return to life. Why don't we get to return to life? I'm Vegeta. Rawr. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what the they had said in the fanfic. Thanks for reading that for us. Also, dead on impression. <laughs> that, that was quoted directly. Vegeta. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there, there's some sedate plot movement where, like, people in the city start to maybe not start running away from 18 all the time, mostly, but that is ruined when the real, real plot starts kicking in, Mm -hmm. which is that Android 17 destroys one of the remaining towns, and they manage to track him down and confront him, and... 18 is like, I want to try to talk to him. And Trunks is like, okay, but if that doesn't work, I'm going to freaking kill him. And 18 tries to talk to him, and he doesn't really respond. And so they freaking kill him. Right. Right. (laughs) That's pretty much it, isn't it? Yeah. And the end of the fanfic. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Not actually. No. Well. Because it turns out that more 17 starts showing up. Yeah. Ah. Well, uh, this part was actually kind of, like, interesting Mm -hmm. a little bit, like, there was a really emotional moment for 18 when she has to kill her brother or the person she presumes is her brother. Mm-hmm. And she has to do it by, like, you know, he's already cut in half by trunks. That doesn't kill him, right? You have to destroy the head. You have to destroy so everything, I guess. She blasts his head into, like, two separate... She destroys, like, one... Of, like, I remember they specifically say that she shatters half the head and then the other into metallic dust. And that's how he, so he can't... Regenerate, which apparently are they, they metal can do. or are they like biologically? I don't know, but it's like a sparkly dust, and then the vampires. Okay, yeah, sure, yes. that sounds right. I mean, you know, the long black hair, the pale disposition, they absorb energy. Yeah, I mean, in canon, they never she do this. Yeah, I mean, we can't joke about vampires that they're up in Forks, Washington. They're like a few hours drive away from here. That's true. We're in vampire country. Yeah, <laughs> but also possibly there werewolf too. country. Mm. <laughs> So yeah, but then they they do this whole thing where it's like there's another attack. They get security camera footage proving that Android Seventeen is doing it, mm-hmm. and they're like, there's... "Did he regenerate? No, because we atomized yeah. him." Um, so they figure out what's going on is that there mu- the real Seventeen must be out somewhere doing what Bel- Bulma's doing, except just growing more of himself. And it's a f- I've got to say this is a plot that felt fairly DBZ for me. It's very Return of Cooler, where, like, this villain who was a big friggin' deal the first time, now there's, like, a bajillion of them. Mm-hmm. But because of Power Creep, it's and Power Creep and the inverse ninja law, now you can, like, just kind of blow them up all over. It's, like, a big threat, yeah. but it's not that big a threat. Is it any named Cooler? Yes. Are they rela- related to Freezer? Brother. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. S- yeah. Sibling. Yeah. Uh, just, whatever. like, Bulma and Trunks and Bra. Anyway. Right. Um, the but father yeah. is King Cold. Their other sibling yes. is, um, there's, a, there's another one with another cold name. Right. Roll induction plate? <laughs> <laughs> but I did want to point out that the reason that they realized that Android 17 wasn't, like, in the other place doing the, in the other city destroying it is not because they think, like, oh, he couldn't have regenerated from a mass of dust. It's because they're like, he'd have to know how to teleport in order to, like, get to that place in that amount of time. Can't right. everybody right. just do that? Funny. No. no. Goku learned how to teleport, and he never got around to teaching anybody in this continuity. That is the hilarious part, is that Goku can teleport, but they're just, like, their reasoning 
this was the part that struck me is their reasoning is there's no way Android 17 learned how to teleport, even though we know someone who can teleport. There's no way Android 17 learned how to do that. Mm. That was the weirdest thing. Like, that was the rationale. It's like, let's see, he teleport, he couldn't be there. Therefore, there's infinite copies of him. And then they extrapolate on the idea by saying, what would Android 17 do? He would create robots, and then he'd set those robots to the work of creating more robots, so they're growing exponentially. That's sort of um, hearing hooves and thinking zebras, thinking. Correct. Well, Goku learned from some aliens, I think. So, I don't know. Also, what about the the soul? What about the soul? Did Android 17 clone a million different souls also for the different bodies, since apparently that's a thing needed to uh, recreate bodies with this method that Bobby uh, uses? Yeah, androids don't have souls, clearly. Well, <laughs> I actually think the point was that these were fully robotic copies and that the yeah. quote-unquote androids are still organic humans in many ways. They're, they're cyborgs, but these were fully robotic copies. So they're like Doom know. bots as opposed to Doctor Doom. Oh, like, okay. However... I'm oh, sorry, go on. How does that relate to, to um, RoboCop? <laughs> <laughs> it's all very complicated, Dom. Okay. RoboCop DBZ lore is very deep. <laughs> uh, so the point is there's too many 17s, mm-hmm. which should be the title of this fanfic. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's way too many 17s. No, no. The title of the fanfic should be 17 going on 1,000. Mm-hmm. That's, that's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. I was going to go with oops, all 17s. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, it should be 17 again. Like that movie with Zac Efron where he comes 17 again. Again? 17 again, okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, I think that came out later. <laughs> <laughs> Unless this was baby Zac Efron. But what they, what they uh, went back in time from the darkest timeline in order to give that, that phrase to... The fanfic mm. writer. Yeah. Right. Yes, sure. I think we just have to live with the cold knowledge that this is the, the darkest timeline. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, clearly. Yeah. We, we've known that for a few years. <laughs> yeah. I feel like this timeline has actually lightened the heck up since Trunks got back and destroyed those androids and the human race is starting to live again and the other little communities. It gets pretty dark when you're like, oh, these are some of the 1% surviving humans in the world. Oh, there goes another town. Oh, yeah. there goes another town. Oh, yeah. there goes another town. Or maybe it's the Sorry best timeline but... because this is the uh, prequel to the Sonic timeline. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was that oh my the God. worst timeline? Wait Whatever. a second. They're androids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Destroyed the world's so every time they need one like of these 17s, a little bunny pops out. <laughs> Many bunnies, usually, but yes. Mm, okay. Where were we? We were... Anywhere but the fanfic. <laughs> I mean, the fanfic's not terrible. It's competently written. It's just not... It's not distinctly good. At, at least at this point. I mean, the series goes on for a, a while. I'm sure other things happen in it. Um, and then the Japanese is, is not good. Yeah, but, the writing's compelling. Um, some of the fight scenes are, are kind of well-described, considering I mean, they're, Dragon they're, Ball Z fight scenes. Some of them are fine, but they're not good. Like, that's kind of where I'm at for this. It's, like, in this initial chapter, at least, it's just a lot of fine. Yeah, but it's pretty DBZ. Like, I would get yeah, that. Well, like I was saying, I like the setup of, yeah. of, like, the actual thing they eventually have to fight. Because that felt adequately Correct. DBZ to me. Yeah. Pretty DBZ, and it moves through it quicker, I think, than mm. DBZ actually does. So 
And they get through this whole plot without anybody getting a distinct superpower up. So props to that. I remember yeah. in the um, Lost DBZ episode we, we recorded, um, even with that fanfic, which I thought we considered pretty strong, mm-hmm. the weakest parts was trying to, trying to, trying to describe DBZ fighting yeah. in a literary format. Which is really hard be because DBZ fighting is often just blurred limbs. Yeah. <laughs> or, alternatively, charging a spirit bomb for like eight episodes. And none of that is interesting, I have to say. Somebody going, for like eight episodes where they hold lightning above their head. It's not fun. (laughs) My dad used to say that, and I I think I said this the last episode that we recorded for DBZ, but it never aired, so I can say it again. That he was like, are they constipated? It's a fair question. I know. They were always, they really, as an adult, I appreciate it. As a child, I was, like, highly offended. Like, how dare you? <laughs> this is serious business. They're exactly. charging their key. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, the point is, the fighters, which is 18 and Trunks and Piccolo, you know, go off to head off some various 17s going on. And... Um, that turns out to be a bad idea because, in fact, all they, the 17s were really trying to do was draw them away from Capsule Corps so if someone could go, so eight actual 17 could go kill Bulma. Right. And 17 gets to threaten Bulma. You know, they figure out what's going on eventually. Uh, someone tells them, I think. Um, who tells them? Piccolo? Whatever. Well. The, 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 you know, they head back towards Capsule Core, but but actual 17 no, is no, there. No, they got a um, transmission from God, didn't they? Oh, yeah, of course. Yes. A true deus ex So <laughs> they're flying off to this other city that's being attacked by another Android 17 copy, and then Dende is the one who beams down to them, like, um, what do you think, if there's a bunch of copies, they're trying to do right now? Um, He's like... Yeah, they're trying to get to Capsule Corp. They're trying to distract you. Is that what Dende, Dende says that? Yeah, I think it was, sure. Yeah, I think it was Dende. Well, Dende does something very important shortly. No, because... Dende says that to Piccolo, then Piccolo says yeah, that to everybody else. exactly. Yeah. Because Dende's like, y'all, come on, this is a distraction. They're trying to isolate Capsule Corp, Android 18, and Bulma. And then, and then Piccolo was like, whoops. He's like, hey, guys, we got to go back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they head back. Now, 17 has been... Um, well, okay, I forget the exact order this happens in the story. But Dende Dende pulls some real nepotism shit where, like, he goes to Enma, the judge of the dead, who, like, sits behind his enormous desk being a part of the celestial bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, could you just send those three people's souls back Wait. into their body just... Without using a dragon wish or anything like that. Is that nep? How's that nepotism? Uh, isn't it nepotism when you do it for a friend as well as for like a. No, a it's, a, it's family. Okay, well, what's the term then? He's just like. I don't know. Oligarchy? Uh, oligarchy. <laughs> He's just like pulling favors, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. Normal bureaucracy. And Edward starts by saying. <laughs> normal bureaucracy. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Edward starts by being like, I can't just let anybody go wandering back on Earth. Just in case they have a host body back there. I think it's power abuse, I might be thinking. And Dende's like... No. Yeah, go on. No, Dende's like, but pre-incarnation is part of the cycle, right? And, <laughs> uh, 
you, and you know, if Earth gets threatened more and more people die all at once, then you're going to have a lot more paperwork to deal with. Because <laughs> Enma's still dealing with like this huge backlog from most of the population of Earth being killed. Like, and so eventually Enma's just like, yeah, okay, sure, I'll just I'll just send those souls yeah. back. I mean, it kind of frames itself out like Dende is kind of the new god of Earth, right? Basically, sure. take your word for it. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, that's kind of his role. Is what does to, his like, character even look like? I'm going to Google what you're talking. <laughs> it looks like Piccolo, but small. Oh, um, what is yeah, Piccolo? Sorry, go on. <laughs> oh, no, Piccolo's I was just green. saying, he's kind of the new the new god of Earth. You know, he's replacing, um, what's his name who died? Kami. Wait. Kami. Literally yeah, Kami. Literally okay. Kami. So wait, he's the new Kami. Wait, 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 wait. Dende is an alien? Yes. Why does he get to be god of Earth, then? Uh, the former god of Earth was also an alien. What? <laughs> the Namics kind of take it's, these roles over well, these planets. The god of Earth right? before that was not an alien. Oh, not not uh, not before Kami. Not Namics specifically, but um, he's a Namic. But no, the the um, I don't remember how exactly this goes. I think that some the, people get recruited to fill that. Yeah, role. the former god just recruits Kami. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Kami was anyway. also a green guy. Kami was also a green guy. What the? Why can't there be any like human representation here? <laughs> <laughs> you have to go I a know. few gods back, I think. Oh. Humans are weak. Basically. Anyway, yeah, Dende is pretty young. He's still learning the ropes of his job, but he knows enough to say like, "Hey, it's my job to protect Earth. I sense there's a threat coming to Earth. Y'all got to send these people back because they're the only people that can protect it." And I think at that point, Enma's just kind of like, "Yeah." Thanks for noticing. That takes a lot of work out of my plate, right? Yeah, but then now that I look at it again, he also says, oh yeah, also those three are a real pain. They cause like a huge ruckus sparring. And oh, Brigitte, yeah, yeah. Brigitte keeps bugging me about like releasing him. Oh, oh yeah, first Goku comes and pesters me until I release Vegeta from hell. Then the three of them hang around out there raising a ruckus sparring. And Vegeta drops by every day to ask me about some woman and boy down on Earth. So I suppose in the interest of keeping things flowing smoothly, we can just get him out just of here. Just do that. Yeah. You know, by the way, I wanted to bring up, because I thought of this when it, they mentioned Vegeta and Hell, is that in the dub, they couldn't say it was Hell, mm-hmm. but the people who worked there keeping things in line had shirts that said H-E-L-L <laughs> on them. So they edited the shirts to say H-I... Let's see. H-F-I-L, and they called it the Home for Infinite Losers. That is Great. so much editing work. Yeah. <laughs> That's some real shit. That was the dub. Evil people. Home for Infinite Losers, because they didn't want to say hell. So now, weird. <laughs> w- what I like about that whole dub thing is how, you know, they would often say, instead of like, I'll kill you, like, I'll send you to another dimension, apparently. Mm-hmm. But in DBZ, that is completely factually 100% accurate. <laughs> mm-hmm. They get sent to another dimension. Yes, that is yeah. what happens when you die, correct? Yeah. Yeah, you get yeah. sent to an, it's The other dimension's right over there. There's a lot of work to, like, make things be okay for broadcast, but still make sense in the show, mm-hmm. to be honest. Home for Infinite Loser is, like, they had to edit out parts of the letters of the t-shirts on, on these people that were wearing them. On each frame. Yes, on each and every frame. But they did it in order to bring that cartoon here. They make had it to work. Be worse. And they made the acronym. Like it they they did that, okay? Like I dang. remember some strange things being done to guns in one piece. 
in and, the and I, edited version. In Yu-Gi-Oh, they edit out guns, so they just point threateningly. <laughs> That's pretty I great, mentioned um, <laughs> Puppet Mon's poison oak yeah. leg before on the last on a previous episode. I'm mm-hmm. not going to get into detail, but so much work, y'all. I think if I was a four kidsian editor at the time, I might just cut the scene. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They cut entire episodes of Sailor Moon. That was not well done. But Deke did not do a good job. I so. was excited that King Anima might be a human, but it turns out they're an ogre. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. So oh, are there oh, no yeah. powerful humans? Uh, Just Yamcha? No, there's <laughs> no real humans that, like, run anything in heaven or the home for infinite losers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to call it that from now on. <laughs> Isn't that really funny? <laughs> yeah, they're losers. They're dead. <laughs> only losers die. Right? I'm not going to do that. Well, that's only if they did bad <laughs> things, though. They can they get to heaven space. Don't you they, mean the home you know. for infinite winners? <laughs> yeah, the home for infinite winners. <laughs> Yeah, they should have done that. Like, it's so funny they couldn't do hell, but they could do heaven. Like, what was the context for that? I think more Sunday service sermons need to be using this terminology. <laughs> yes. Look, do you want to be an infinite winner or an infinite loser? It's Which not home wrong. do you want to go to when you die? It is infinite. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so the fanfic. <laughs> With everybody else drawn away, 17, or should I say, Junanago. You can say Android 17. That's oh, fine. yeah, yeah. So 17 yeah, gets to come threaten Bulma. He's going to kill her. He he really gets into the villain gloating here. I didn't feel like 17 was really the type, but uh, I guess he is. I think he is a little bit. A little bit. Um, you know, she gets to throw some acid at him and make him angry, and then it's just like, oh, either he's going to die. I mean, she's going to die. Except then, you know, Goku and Vegeta and... Gohan, show up. Then their paper's clear and they come back. Right. They come back even with clothes. Right. And, you know, they're just using, like, some really legalistic loopholes where he, uh, Dende's like, oh, yeah, instead of sending their souls back to Earth, accidentally brought their bodies here to their souls and gave them some clothes and then sent them back to Earth where they were supposed to be. Yeah. The clothes was a point in the fanfic, wasn't it? Um, they mentioned it specifically. Well, yeah, a little bit. It was one of the things. He was like, it was the point that because all the tanks were destroyed... They were pointing out the fact that... I mean, we mentioned that, right? All the yeah. tanks, all the clones were destroyed, and it was like, no, we'll never have them back. Um, they, He was like, oh, I accidentally brought their bodies up before their bodies were destroyed. And then he was like, well, I can't just send them back to Earth naked. I might as well give them battle armor. <laughs> <laughs> because he knew that they needed to fight. So sure. it was a lot of just, like, teasing around the edges yeah. in order to make things work out. And I don't really mean to be alien-phobic, but I mean, Dende seems like a great, great person. <laughs> Dende is awesome. Um, Dende was one of my favorite characters in the original show. He's just kind of very sweet. Yeah, he's a cutie. Yeah, he's just kind of sweet and small and a little bit insecure sometimes, but he's given this role very rapidly, and he's quite young, of for his species, mm-hmm. or race, alien... Species. Species, yeah. yeah. Who live quite long. Um, but he takes everything very seriously, and I like how he was portrayed in this. Like, he did everything right. He's... <laughs> I mean, he and Bulma are MVP for, like, doing the physical and spiritual aspects of reviving the most most powerful fighters, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, once the others come back, there's some fighting. It's not super interesting description. And, like, really, I don't 
feel that threatened by Seventeen, even a bunch of Seventeens, because you know how, like, Trunks came back to the future and he was like, oh, now I'm... And you just wiped... Now I'm Super Saiyan, I just can wipe you out. Yeah. It's like, well, here's another three Super Saiyans of similar power and also Piccolo, and now we're just going to kill aren't the they, 17s. Aren't they actually worse? Because they, they are worse. They should be worse than Trunks. Significantly worse. Because they're just pulled out of the home for infinite losers. <laughs> oh, but they've been training. Oh, That's a thing you can oh, do right, when you're right, dead. Right. That yeah. is very important. That then the hyperbolic mm-hmm. time chamber. Yep. Bullshit. Well, that, 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 right. <laughs> I mean, except... Except that's not the same as being dead, but yeah. yeah. I, I, it, but it's categorized in the same place in my mind where it's bullshit, character gets stronger off screen. Time right. in um, the, have the winner and loser dimensions passes <laughs> more quickly than time on Earth. And they spend the entire time like running up Dragon Road or something, getting stronger. Yeah. yeah. Doing whatever. Which does something, I don't know. Yeah. Do, doing push-ups makes you stronger, even when you're dead. I, that doesn't yeah. make any sense. Shouldn't like battle experience because like you can only get so physically strong unless you're magic and then get stronger. But then that's not training. They, that's like unlocking different abilities. So that's not. Whoa, 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 wait, wait. hold on. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, let's back up to this idea of you can only get so physically strong. Yeah. Are you familiar with Dragon Ball? <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Is like then they just unlock the next level. So that then that's so, the magical power up. That's not something you need to train to do. That's just an act ability you activate right (laughs) hold up no it is here's the thing so physical strength Mm -hmm. in dragon ball z is completely tied with a a sort of spiritual magical strength that's what any shown in fighting right yeah which can be trained regardless of whether you have your body Mm -hmm. so it's not the size of your muscles per se though they do have quite large muscles that might come to be like an abstract reflection of strength but instead, it really is a spiritual strength that they're training 100% of the time. Wait, because I thought... their attacks are energy-based. And a lot of times, you know, they're based on training in meditation or training in spaces where the physical body doesn't exist. Well, it's to me, it's sort of the problem we had back in that um, Sailor Moon fan fiction we read, where uh, Makoto got smaller and became phys- physically weaker in their transformed Sailor Moon form. Yeah. Isn't all their fighting forms basically a transformed super magic form? So shouldn't Correct. their physical size not matter as much? Correct. It, it doesn't <laughs> matter as much because you have like an early DBZ Gohan, and this is like six-year-old Gohan, yeah. being the most powerful. No, the physical form does not actually matter. I mean, Vegeta's mm, super doesn't. short. But but it doesn't not matter, though. But then how does no, push-ups does matter. make it better, then? <laughs> The push-ups are spiritual push-ups. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> like, I, I literally believe that in Dragon Ball Z, a lot of their physical training is represented by, like, physical actions, but those can only, like, complete the full, like, infusion of power if they complete them with a spiritual goal in mind. Like, if they were just doing push-ups, it wouldn't work. That's how I feel. <laughs> a spiritual goal, like, I really want to beat this guy in a fight. Yes. Got it. But with my spiritual power. So I'm going to train under 10 times spiritual gravity. I'm sorry. I, yep. I, I, I turned off. Spiritually buff. Yep. Yep. I turned off my yep. brain at spiritual push-up. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all don't have to buy it, but it's the only explanation. End of story. I, I think really we probably should have turned off our brains at DBZ. That's unnecessarily fair. I mean... <laughs> I'm I mean, sorry, but I gave you a perfectly reasonable explanation. <laughs> no, you're just rejecting it. It's reasonable. It's just also absurd. Exactly. But I guess that's DBZ for you. Spirit exactly. <laughs> um, 
But but the point is just like once they come back, there's really no tension in the seventeen fight. They just kind of kill some seventeens, including the original seventeen. But didn't seventeen kill them the first time? Look, they trained when they were dead. We went over this. All right, this is the, this is the point of this whole conversation. <laughs> and time has passed faster in the home for infinite winners. Does it? <laughs> yeah, it does. It passes faster. So they've trained for like a really long time. I like how it's a home. <laughs> they to be. Clearly, they never call heaven the home for infinite winners. But, they but it's just really funny if they did. Yeah. Well, it's, it's still fun for the home for infinite losers. You know, it's not a house. It's a home. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> for it's all like, you infinite amount of losers who are lose it in an infinite amount yourselves. Exactly. Now, after 17 is done for, we get one more round of Vegeta being like, oh, great, now I'll kill this other one. Mm-hmm. And this time, Trunks is the one who's like, no, because, because she doesn't remember everything. And also, I love her. That's great. Sort of. And Vegeta's like, what? Yeah, he's like, what? <laughs> he I, I'm not sure that's a good enough reason for me to not murder my son's girlfriend or whatever. <laughs> he doesn't say he I'm loves Vegeta. her. He says that he, he doesn't... Somebody says he has feelings for her, and he says, I don't know if I have feelings for her, but I would like the chance to figure out if I do. Okay, well, that's much fairer. And also, they're not evil, so you probably shouldn't murder them. My yeah. personal feelings aside, <laughs> them as a sentient being. <laughs> right. And Trunks has only just come to terms with, like, being okay with Android 18, even. So. And then also, Trunks has never met his father before, except the alternate timeline version of his father. So. Well, Vegeta's been watching him grow up from Dead Town. Actually, <laughs> that wouldn't be the alternate time. Never mind. It's not an alternate timeline version of his father. That is an alternate timeline version of his no, father. No, because the timeline only... Sp- yeah, I guess it splits when Trunks arrives. That's yes. actually a good point. That's around the time when it splits. Yeah, but it yeah. still happens. He still meets his father before he was born. But, yes, nonetheless, no, the timeline No, not splits before he was born. Baby Trunks is still around at that what? point. When Just Trunks like shows up Trunks. in the past? Yeah, infant Trunks is around. Oh, he'd already been born? I think so. I didn't think so. He wasn't in danger of disappearing from the photo? <laughs> huh. I didn't recall. Anyway, yeah, the timeline splits at that point, but, you know, the time that he arrives, it's essentially the same person, his father, so. Um, anyway, we get that whole exchange, and as a character, 18's been a little bit sidelined in this whole process. She was even kind of, like, turned off. Um, no, 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 she, she gets to do the Vegeta thing, the Vegeta conversation. She's like, I don't expect forgiveness from you, but, like, I'm sorry for everything. I know that's inadequate. Sorry, that's inadequate, but I'm not going to kill everyone again. Especially since I can't anymore. Um, <laughs> that's not what she says. But she's probably thinking about it. Oh, wait, I can't. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so Vegeta's like, fine, I won't kill her, but one mistake and you're a scrap. And then she's like, hi, hi, wakatana, and I'll stop it. Um, and then the fanfic closes out with Vegeta and and Bulma reuniting, and their relationship is pretty messed up, but... Pretty toxic. Pretty toxic, but they're also extremely physically attracted to like each other. Written and in that like means a, everything's okay, it's right? It's like written in a cutesy light, right. too. But it's, yeah. It's bad. This is, you know, reminded me of the problems that I had with Vegeta having a relationship with anybody. This was their relationship. It's very consistent with the source material. But the author tries to explain it. They try to explain that Vegeta's teasing of Bulma, his insulting mm-hmm. of her, is a part of the playful element of their relationship. However, 
when Vegeta does arrive, he insults her so much. He's like, how could any man look at you? I thought age might make you better, but you look worse. And then it says Bulma's fighting back her tears. Mm. And it seems like she's fighting mm. back her tears because she is so upset about what he's saying. I and think then it's supposed to be that she's happy. I don't think so because she takes a swing at him right after that. But no. that's supposed to be part of the, quote, the playful playfulness. But uh, as it's it, really hard to read it not as her just being yeah. so upset that he's saying these things. As it reads, it does it does seem like it doesn't seem like should be that she's upset that he's being such a terrible person. Yeah, it's hard not to read it that way. <laughs> and that's the main point I wanted to make, but yeah. you know, regardless of that, it's still not okay their relationship. It's not okay it, that people do this, et cetera, et cetera. Playing it off as a part of playfulness is just yeah. I mean it, it makes me think back to Slayer's Reflect. Where, like, in the Slayer's, you know, original canon, one of the things is, like, Gowrie saying insensitive or mean or insulting things about Lena and then her, like, decking him. Yeah. And, like, the very, very first thing Two Flower does in chapter one of Slayer's Reflect is, like, by the end of that chapter, he he makes it, like, have a conversation. It's like, hey, Gowrie, that's not okay. And he's like, oh. And Gowrie's like, yes, you're right. That is wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's like, you kind of have to do that, right? Where we're at the point where the... the- <laughs> Uh, Gary's evil mirror was somebody who still does that, but worse. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, that's one direction to go with that. The other direction is to lean into it, which is where this author was going. Where you probably shouldn't go. <laughs> where you probably shouldn't do that, if you have the choice. Yeah. I mean, you can soften... Some people actually do have, like, playfully antagonistic relationships. Mm-hmm. That's not this. The, these are... It's kind of tone-deaf to the whole concept. Hmm. Yeah. The author was trying to explain the relationship dynamic, which isn't really an explainable dynamic because I don't think it's a good one. I I would have preferred if they explained it that um, Vegeta is an alien and so completely different from any sort of human emotion, so just processes it differently. That actually Mm. is how they explained it. In the fanfic? Yes. They said that... um, about Vegeta, because, you know, he's been raised as a Saiyan. They say many times in his relationship with Trunks, he won't express affection because he is a warrior, and that's how he withholds. And I believe that, correct me if I'm wrong, early on, Bulma mentions in her reflection that she understands that, like, as a Saiyan warrior, expressing any sort of um, weakness weakness is not okay. So, like, instead of explicitly saying that he cares for Bulma... He expresses that, like, she is more like, I don't know, that he'll insult her, but also imply that he's the only person that can possess her. Mm, Which is obviously a really messed up dynamic and seems abusive. But I feel like they put that on him being of a warrior race. And, yeah, they, they do address it. They try... It's not terribly badly done. It's just like this is the relationship you're starting from in canon, and you know. I, I think I would lean heavier than on the alien aspect, mm. not the cultural aspect. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do remember reading some of that, but it wasn't enough to justify. It doesn't yeah. justify it. Um, it's it's an attempt to make sense of Vegeta's character and his relationship with Bulma, and to make it seem like it's not a an abusive dynamic despite the fact that it does portray an abusive dynamic in the source material. Hmm. And, like, I'm sorry to say that. I feel like the source material uses the same justification. Oh, the source material spends about five words discussing Bulma and Vegeta's relationship. It happens mostly off-screen. 
Yeah. Toriyama was just not into that. Like, yeah. Which is probably why there's like a, there, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's an abundance of Walnut Vegeta fan yes, fiction. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I think you're right. That's that's partially why. It's like anytime you leave a huge gap in your source material, like people are going to want to explore that. Well, I, I do think that like the reason that Toriyama wanted to put Bulma and Vegeta together is because she seems like she's strong and could stand up to him and they wanted to put Vegeta with someone but not have it seem like he would be like totally domineering. Yeah, I see what you mean. Out of the many female characters in Dragon Ball mm-hmm, that were mm-hmm. unattached at that time, like Bulma. Mm-hmm. Bulma definitely seems like the best choice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's pretty much the only one. But it does seem like she could stand up to him. But yeah, that's yeah. why I struggle with this fanfic is because she seems so upset by times that he insults her, you know? like, And, and it's not that anyone wouldn't be, you know? It's just like, why? Why have that dynamic? Like, if you're an author writing a fan fiction, maybe make the choice to, like, make the character, like, explain the dynamic rather than have it reinforced that the bad dynamic is good. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, doesn't, like, Vegeta and Goku have a less abusive relationship? Yeah, because they're not in a sexual and romantic relationship. I'm pretty sure at one point Vegeta voluntarily gets possessed by a demon lord because it's going to make him stronger and able to beat Goku. Yeah, but again, when it becomes an issue of like, our relationship is sort of like frenemies where we accept that we will fight sometimes and that we might get along other times, it's different than... We have a, like, a specifically, I think, a sexual relationship where power is a huge component of sex in our culture. And if somebody is going to, like, consistently have some sort of, like, power hold over you, like, sexual relationships cannot be healthy, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Well, let's set this aside so we can wrap up this fanfic. That was the end of the fanfic, right? That was the end of the fanfic. Now, we yes. we summarized a lot of stuff really quickly. Um, it's... Um, it's the end of this chapter. Right. That's what I wanted to say is that this is just the first chapter of, like I said, a much longer series. And so... um, It was actually broken up into many chapters in this. I've got to... Only six of them are on fanfiction.net. I've got to say I have never, ever seen this before. The first story in this series, 28,000 words. The next story, shorter. The next story, shorter than that. The next story, shorter than that. That's unprecedented. I've never seen a fanfic series where the chapters did not get longer and longer and longer. So this is that one statistical outlier. Yeah, I guess so. At least within the first six. I mean, it dips back up again after episode four, but it never gets as long as the first chapter was. The first episode. Actually, some of the author was trying to pace themselves. Yeah. So I think that is genuinely praiseworthy, that there seems to be a certain amount of measured control in their plotting and pacing of their ideas um, that you don't always see in a fanfic. Mm-hmm. Maybe it helps that there's two authors. I don't know. There's two authors? Oh, yeah. Did I uh, not make that clear? The two authors are named Juhachigol. Oh, I thought it was one author with a really long name. No. <laughs> Juhachigol and Mirai Bulma are two authors who work together on yeah. this series. Yeah, because I would accept that as one fanfic author's name. <laughs> <laughs> Juhachigol and Mirai Bulma. Yeah. Oh my uh, sure. gosh. Yeah, but, actually, when I first looked for this, um, when I searched for it, there was only Juhachigol listed as the author. Yes, they are the one who posted on fanfiction.net. I see, yeah. 
The first copy I found did not have both authors listed, which was interesting to me. Well, we'll be clear. Now, uh, before we get back to praise, anything we want to complain about besides overuse of fan Japanese? Um, I wasn't that interested in the story. Mm-hmm. I mean, the basic story is amnesia and then fight. But it's kind of missing a redemption arc. Mm-hmm. I think they did mention like the Juhat, uh, Android 18's memory came back and they felt bad about it but there really wasn't a lot of development on that front I think this episode feels like the first part of a series in that it seemed like the authors wanted to set up the it, characters to a certain point Okay, like I mean that's how it felt to me it's like they wanted to get these characters back into play and establish a burgeoning romantic relationship between two of them. And so it's like, let's bring back in 18, let's bring back in these others, here's how we're going to do it, and by the end of the fanfic, we've done it, and now we can move forward. It does seem kind of weird to comment on the flow when we haven't really taken in the whole thing. Yeah, but I mean, even just as a... Even just as an individual work, I'm just saying, like, it kind of feels like a work that was made with the end point in mind, and so the flow of it suffers some. Hmm. Like, like I, I think you're right that it's like... The, the relationship building between 18 and Trunks seems... It's not even that it's fast. It's just kind of that it's, like, kind of perfunctory. Or, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, kind of obvious. Kind of just, like, too straightforward, yeah. yeah. Um, that kind of thing. And, like, right, 17's a threat up until the other characters who need to get back alive are back alive. But in a DBZ fanfic, you would expect some kind of, like, really cool climactic fight, and it doesn't really happen. The, the fight should be, like, the last half of the... So. I, the fight, I should remember something about that fight. Yes. Right, For it, given that it's kind of trying to stay in the original DBZ, you know, tone. But I don't. I don't remember anything about that fight. Mm. And it, it seems to me it's because the situation was more about getting those characters back into play than it was about this situation itself. I don't know. That, that's how I felt. Mm. It, so I agree. Just It wasn't super interesting to read to me. I actually appreciated they didn't, like make I mean the fighting was pretty DBZ and there was more of it than I would have liked but I appreciate they didn't just like block it out into like long episodes of just fighting like DBZ does because I would find that boring Mm. but I think you know some of my bigger criticisms like I started off thinking oh it was characterization of like Android 18 because she's very different Mm -hmm. than the other reboot and it's like yeah that's true or the relationship between Bulma and Vegeta, like, yeah, it's kind of problematic, but it kind of holds true to the source. They tried to explain it. They didn't do the greatest job. Actually, I think my biggest criticism in this lies in the fact that, like, the characters seem, the sorry, the authors seem to focus in on specific characters they wanted to have relationships happen between or they wanted to focus on, such as putting Trunks and Android 18 together. They had to basically revamp Android 18's character in order to do that. Mm. And they had to write out Krillin and never mention him. Same thing with Yamcha. Okay, I mean, writing, all... that's fair because they're dead. I mean, <laughs> it, it, like, it's less writing them out and more not writing them back in. And I Correct, think I think there's yes. a difference there a little bit. But I think it amounts to the same thing when you choose to write Goku and Vegeta and... 
Piccolo back in, and you don't choose to write Krillin back in. Krillin's just as big a character, especially because in our original timeline, he marries Android 18, Mm -hmm. and they have kids. Like, that's, yeah, that's a big and interesting oversight to me that the author, like, doesn't address where Krillin's at. Dead. Come on. Like, there were three other characters who were dead, and they were in heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet... Yamcha and Krillin, everybody else was not with them. Yeah, they don't even get, like, a line in heaven being like, oh, we can't come back, but, like, you know, maybe... Yeah. But at least we can help you train, or, like... They yeah. were... They should have all been in heaven together. They There were scenes of them being in heaven. They're just less hung up on this whole Earth thing. They're, like, letting it go. They're going to actually enjoy heaven, Tori. No, but they They're were They're not going to spend their afterlife training. No, but what I'm saying is that it's, like, Vegeta... <laughs> and Goku and Piccolo were all together in the afterlife. For some reason, Krillin and Yamcha and everyone else wasn't there. They yeah. probably jumped There was the... no explanation. That was a big oversight. Yeah. That's my biggest question. That's what I'm saying. Them. They're in much cooler parts of heaven. Well, they, they probably jumped on the, on the Samarsa wheel early and just got reincarnated as babies. <sighs> yeah, doing this whole so. superhero bullshit. <laughs> I guess. you think that those people wouldn't leave the sides of the other main... Ca- Excuse me. They wouldn't leave the sides of the other main characters because they're main characters too. Especially mm-hmm. Krillin. I think Krillin may be my biggest issue here. It's like, why write out Krillin? Like, there's no explanation or excuse for doing that. They probably jumped back into the reincarnation wheel, like Dom said, because they were like, well, we got to get something better than human this time. Then the author <laughs> should say that. No, okay, I hear you. They're, they're like, not even. They're, they're interested. But I agree. You're in, right. They're addressed <laughs> in a line and then just, like, not dealt with. No, actually, and... I don't think Krillin's name is ever mentioned. This yeah, he, he is. They, they say that. that DNA was taken from him, but the DNA ah. was destroyed. I thought they because just said Yamcha. <laughs> Yamcha, Tian, Shinhan, and Krillin are mentioned. Okay. Yeah. Chao, Tian. Chao, what's his name? Chao Tzu? Not Chao mentioned. Tzu. Why are you looking at me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Tian. Tian was the other one. But yeah, I mean, those characters are more minor. Yamcha even gets relegated to more minor. But Krillin is Goku's best friend. Was. I feel like the author... Uh-huh. Who's in that, Vegeta? I feel like the author uh-huh. writing Krillin out of this and, like, ignoring the fact that he ever existed was specifically so 18 and Trunks could get together. Without anybody being like, what about Krillin? Except that, yes, I agree. And here's the problem I have with that, is I would have no issue if the author did that in the way that made sense, but instead it draws more attention because of the absence. It's like, what about Krillin times a thousand? It's like there because have been... he doesn't show up at all. They could just write something different for him. Okay. So, so like okay, that, okay. Should, there just should have been one scene in the home for infinite winners where it's like, hey, do you want to come back with us, Krill? And Krill's like, nah, I'm good here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just explain it. That's all we needed. All right. Now, we've been complaining a little bit about the very first episode in this long work by these poor two authors. Let's lay some praise on them as well. I've got to say, to start with, mm-hmm. um, Despite my feeling like this whole story was just kind of like to get to a baseline point that they wanted this world to be in, it's a decent setup for continuing stories. I feel like maybe they have a few too many more characters than they need, but the idea of like continuing on with this like ravaged world and then there's going to be rebuilding type stories, there can be like new threats, there can be like... I don't know, angry ghosts, I think, in maybe the next chapter. Something about... The next chapter is called Dead Souls, and so that seems like a logical place to be going. Krillin comes back. <laughs> Wait. Like, Gogol's Dead Souls? Uh, I don't know. Was Gogol's Dead Souls all lowercase? Because the title of the next chapter is. 
No, but I feel like they might be making a reference. I don't know. But Um, it's kind of fun to like, because from what I understand, the darkest timeline is like abandoned in the original show, right? I mean, there's supposed to be a few humans around. But like the the timeline Trunks comes from doesn't come into prominence or or isn't talked about. Never mentioned again once Trunks goes back to it. Right. So so that's just like a, a dead space in... DBZ uh, world building. There's yeah. This whole timeline of stuff going on in the meantime. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a good place to explore, and I think they they seem ready to explore it. And in that sense, it seems like an interesting series, and I would almost be interested in reading more. I don't know if they keep up that much Japanese the whole time, though. I might not actually be reading it, given that I am engaged in a fanfiction podcast where I have to read other fanfiction all the freaking time. Yeah. It's not going to be high on my priority list. Yeah, and for me, I'm too busy reading the rest of Cat Tales. <laughs> oh, so some fanfics get that treatment. <laughs> anyway, anything else you two have to praise about it? Uh, a little moment of joy for me was this um, awkwardly written sentence. <laughs> the girl fisted her hand in Chua Hachigo's shirt and drew back a fist. <laughs> Some real, <laughs> some real backhanded praise there, Dom. I'm sorry, but I, that that is what made me smile the most out of reading all of this. Is that better or worse than? <laughs> is that better or worse than Joe smirked a laugh? Oh, that's a tough one. We should put them against each other. <laughs> We're starting a collection here. <laughs> but I just I I do really appreciate the idea of seeing a dead timeline and picking it up and running with it. Yeah. I think it's a good space to explore. It's a fun space for a creative, for, for a creative work because like it has all these established characters, all these established thoughts. But it's it's a different timeline. It's a different dimension. You can do whatever you want, and that's pretty much okay. What is Gohan going to do with his life now that a doctorate is probably out of the question? He's <laughs> never going to finish his thesis. He was going to become like dark overlord of the uh, apocalyptic world. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, can't be that hard. Now. I I actually have an interesting praise for this. Like, at the times that there wasn't fan Japanese, I actually felt the writing was really unobtrusive mm. and didn't get in the way of the story. It was actually quite good at times. I felt like the the flow, I will admit, like there are points where it's easy to kind of glaze out, but there are definitely points where the writing stands out, not necessarily as like, you know, Tempest in a Teacup style of poetic writing, but as being, you know, very fluid and moving us through the story. Like, for example, when um, Android 18 shows up in, at Capsule Corp, um, it starts with Bulma talking. It says, what in the world? Bulma started towards her, but something, some vague but chilling apprehension made her pause. The newcomer had obviously been through some kind of ordeal, and yet, and yet... Are you hurt? What happened to you? The girl's mouth opened and she drew a soft breath. This is... Capsule Corporation? Yes, it is, Bulma said briskly. The girl was soaking wet, mud-streaked, probably starving, and not making any overt gestures of hostility. She looked to be no threat whatsoever. Even so, Bulma's nameless unease refused any attempt at dismissal. My name's Bulma. What's yours? Are you hurt? The girl shook her head. Her straight blonde hair, heavy with rainwater, barely moved... And that last sentence was my favorite part. It's like when your hair is really heavy with water and you shake your head and it doesn't move. So uncomfortable. <laughs> right? But like the visual is so p- perfect. Like I wouldn't have thought to describe it that way. 
Also, when you're an it's anime quite a great description. When you're an anime character and your hair style is a very huge part of your character design, your hair also hardly moves. And actually, that's a really good point as well, though, that, like, it evoked Android 18's hairstyle very well, that it hangs down very flat and straight. Mm-hmm. I could imagine her hair... I know that wasn't quite your point, Amato, but <laughs> oh, I could imagine... I was just being a, it was actually a really a funny jerk. joke, and I'm sorry I glossed over it, but... <laughs> I can imagine her hairstyle, like, specifically, like, hanging over her face and being very heavy because it drapes down. So that's good descriptions, you know? Yeah. I get what you're saying in that the the writing style moves forward, and that's what they're trying to get it to do. Like, they're going places with it, mm-hmm. and they they keep it going, and it doesn't... Whatever else it does, it doesn't stall out. It doesn't get in the way, except the Japanese, the Japanese the gets Japanese in the way. The Japanese does. Uh, but, but for the most part... It moves it forward, but it also has evocative descriptions that put you right in the scene. And I think it's hard to do that. Now that you mentioned it, that that's kind of right. It moves forward, but still leaves a little bit of a little bit of a description that sticks with you. Because like just reading random yeah. bits, um, the screen cut to a fuzzily photographed home video, not just the screen cut to a home video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was yeah. a video that's fuzzy and forget. It kind of just really brings to mind that image that, that they're talking about. Nor do it they does, go yeah. too heavily into the description. No. Like, it's exactly. not, that part's unobtrusive. That part is like, yeah, smoothly done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's why I it hear, moves yeah. forward is because, and, and maybe there's a little overuse of adjectives, but it doesn't become obnoxious. You see, this is why we have an e- uh, English person on the podcast. Someone <laughs> who's an expert in Englishing. Yeah, I mean, the writing style is, concise and descriptive and i think it's very hard to achieve that so right well i'm sure you know i'm kind of sorry we always have to like the first part of these stories because i'm sure also the writing gets better as it goes along because it usually does when people are writing something for a while yeah as uh, jake the dog says in order to get some better at something you have to first suck at it (laughs) yeah there you go and so i'm sure there's a reason that this is was a reasonably well regarded and you know somewhat well known like future trunks continuation fanfic um, we are going to have to leave it there, though, having complained heavily about probably the weakest part. Very sorry, authors. That's just how it goes. We're sorry. We love you. Yeah, yeah. In our own dark, twisted way. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's the end of Dragon Ball Super Z. Episode one. <laughs> Episode one. Where it all began. <laughs> Chapter one. We still kind of poke one out of Torrance fan. <laughs> it's pretty much my favorite joke yeah. Yeah. in the world. Okay. Next week. <laughs> next week, we will... Well, for the next few weeks, without Dom, we'll be bringing in some rotating guests. Although, ironically, by the time you hear this episode, I will have returned already. Uh, don't talk about future timelines, Dom. I'm no. confused enough already. <laughs> Fair enough. Dom, um, right now is right now. The past is the past, and we have no future. But right now is a great thing, and that's why we call it the present, because it's a gift. (laughs) (laughs) No, because it's a present. Oh. Oh. It's presented to you. (laughs) (laughs) We will be bringing in a few guests for the next few weeks, I hope. Um, We'll be trying next week to get back to the Driven Wild universe, First couple episodes thereof, a Daria fanfic based on Daria. 
written in 1999 by Carl Wilde. I have so many insightful things to say about that, but just uh, too bad. (laughs) (laughs) I know, you're a Daria expert. Man, it was going to be a humdinger, too. (laughs) Yeah, well, you're the one who chose to leave us and go to France. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) that is also a truth. You can find... Oh, you know what else is British and therefore possibly European, depending on who you ask? Mighty Mouse? Lord of the Rings. No, that's true. Well, 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 Danger Mouse, that's what I'm, what I'm thinking of. <laughs> oh. I, uh, <laughs> I know what I, I was thinking uh, of. <laughs> my favorite refrigerator magnet as a child was a Mighty Mouse magnet, so mm-hmm. he just gave me a lot of nostalgia. All right. Uh, the, the, the point <laughs> is you can find a link to that fanfic at bit.ly slash rfr wild. Meanwhile, this was episode 33 of Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the very first episode, and no further, I'm very sorry, of Dragon Ball Super Z by Juhachigo and Mirai Bulma, but not by Future Trunks, despite it being largely about him as well. Yeah, it was a Trunks fic mostly, wasn't it? It was more Trunks than anyone else. It kind of... I don't agree. I think it was more Android 18. Might have been more Bulma than anyone else, really, in terms of how much you get inside their head. Obviously, it was a Yamcha fic. (laughs) (laughs) Just reading between the lines. Yes. You can find a link to that fanfic, thefanfiction.net, reposting thereof, at bit.ly slash rfr supers. The intro song is The Weekly Fair off of the album Popey's Incredible Adventure by Komiku. The outro song is Run Against the Universe from the same album. You can find that album and other works by Komiku at loyaltyfreakmusic.com. You can find our website at retrofanficretrospective.podbean.com or bit.ly slash retrofanfic. If you have questions, comments, or thoughts about the episode, please contact us on Twitter at retrofanfic or send us an email at retrofanficretrospective at gmail.com. Leaving comments or reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever would also be greatly appreciated. We probably will not get the message if you just, like, write it on a piece of paper and throw it out the window. I mean, we won't say we won't, but it's just not likely. It's unlikely. Yeah. Make sure a licensed and registered carrier pigeon is standing <laughs> in the cell at the time of uh, delivery. Yeah, Komiko's based in France. I might, might go track them down or something. Ah, there's our connection. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can you say in French, we do a podcast and use your songs as intro and outros? By in French, if you mean the way that phrases in this uh, fanfic are in Japanese, then yes. Let's hear it. Le podcast. Le podcast est grand bon. Les chats mangent les pommes. Why? I don't know. It's the only thing I know to say in French. Le fanfiction. Ah, no. No. Never mind. Now that I start doing it in French, I realize that I should never have done it in Japanese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Only now have you realized the error of your ways. <laughs> I repent everything. I also <laughs> repent killing that half of the world. Oh, okay, cool. I'm Amato. I'm Tori. I'm Dom. We are just three of the remaining Earth life forms <laughs> trying to be nice to each other. Until next time, take care. <laughs> I don't know. I'm afraid to actually yell out in this. <laughs> <laughs>
Take a moment. It's cool. Sorry. I had it on the top of my tongue. <laughs> and it was really good. Nanda Shoka Tori san. So sorry. Amato. <laughs> Either talk Japanese or talk in English. <laughs> I'm trying to convey the flavor, Dom. You are. <laughs> <laughs>